By now, you have no doubt heard that Apple has decided to, in the words of William Shatner from the old Star Trek show, go where no man has ever gone before. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Brian Sussman show Faith, Family, Freedom. More on me at briansussman.com. Well, I could also go back to another line from, well, this was out way before any of the Star Trek movies or Star Trek TV episodes. This is the Wicked Witch of the West from The Wizard of Oz. Oh, what a world! What a world! That's what she said as she was melting. Look what you've done! I'm melting! Sometimes I feel like my brain is melting. I look at everything going on right now in this world and I have people... Have they just taken common sense out of their brain and put it on a shelf and then just burned it? Let's talk about emojis for just a moment. Emojis have become the new way of life in today's technically advanced world. We don't speak anymore with words. We don't even write words now. We use emojis. Emojis. And now we have the new gender-bending emojis, a pregnant guy. Oh, we also have the gender-neutral pregnant person. Wait, we even have a pregnant person sporting a crown. This move is part of the emoji attempts to make the digital conversation more inclusive. It's all about inclusivity, inclusivity. So now we have the introduction of non-binary emotions and other smileys. Apple, by the way, released these emojis just the last week or so as a part of its iOS 15.4 beta. It'll be available to everyone later this year. It's going to, of course, be a free upgrade that iPhone owners can choose to install. But if I understand the way it works with Apple phones, and I have an Apple phone, uh, you can choose to decline the operating update, but eventually your phone's just going to update anyway. I think that's how it works. If not, who reads through all of the many pages and pages and pages of descriptions of what you're accepting when you choose to bring about that free upgrade. But I digress here on The Brian Sussman Show. All inclusiveness, that's the new phenomenon. So in this particular case with the pregnant man emoji, we're decreasing the qualities that distinguish women from men. And there has been a backlash. There really has been a backlash. It's erupted on social media, no question about that. Oh, by the way, for all of these different emojis of the pregnant man, we will have different skin tones as well. So this is very inclusive. We're not leaving out anybody in all of this. In a blog post, Apple has said that these new figures, quote, may be used for representation by trans men non-binary people, or women with short hair. Though, of course, use of these emojis is not limited to these groups. Now, this isn't the first time that Apple's emoji factory has sparked some sort of controversy with these gender-neutral gender neutral icons. The, the one that I recall was from this is 2022, so this is 2020, when Apple debuted a sexually ambiguous Santa Claus emoji. But now the pregnant guy emoji is way beyond the gender-neutral Santa Claus emoji. So how did we end up with this? Well, 
We have something in the Apple world called the Emoji Subcommittee. It's actually called the Unicode Emoji Subcommittee. Unicode Emoji Subcommittee. This is the governing body responsible for maintaining and creating new emojis. They put together the guidelines. They supposedly solicit feedback and... Um, they, they, they codify the standards for vendors to implement these emojis. The working description of this group, according to the group's website, says that it handles updating, revising, and extending, extending emoji documents, taking input from various sources, and reviewing requests for new emoji characters. Now, I'm just curious of all the people that are using emojis what percentage of them were actually requesting that we have a pregnant man emoji? And, and I know how it works in the business world. Sure, we accept all of your feedback. I know how it works in the government world as well. We would love to hear your feedback on this particular issue. Well, sure, they, they receive the feedback, but that doesn't mean they have to respond accordingly to that feedback. It seems to me this group has already, had already made up their mind that they wanted to do this. Now, I should also mention that this team is ju just not Apple. This, this emoji team is not just Apple. It's a subcommittee of what the unicorn, <laughs> the unicorn, the Unicode Consortium, which includes Microsoft, Google, Meta, Adobe, others, and others, and others. Apple's in there, is, of, of course, as well. Now, we have a situation here where there is an official rationale from this group regarding the gender-neutral and male pregnant emojis. Here's exactly what they say. Take a listen to this. See if you can parse this understand it. I'm just going to read to you what they actually say. It's often the case that gender is unknown or irrelevant. I'm going to repeat that. It's often the case that gender is unknown or irrelevant. As in the usage, quote, is there a doctor on the plane? Or a gendered appearance may not be desired. Such cases are known as gender-neutral, gender-inclusive, or unspecified gender. Other than the above list, human form emojis should normally be depicted in gender-neutral unless gender appearance is explicitly specified. So they're contending, I'm not even going to give you my own personal commentary here, I'm just reading into what they're, they're saying, which I, which I guess would be a commentary, but they're saying that a person can be known, can be born with a gender unknown. Now, I always just go back to the medical world. When you appear in the, in the emergency room or, or any doctor's office, they really want to know what your gender is because that's important to the medical world. It can help them diagnose what may or may not be wrong with you based upon your gender. In other words, you're not going to have testicular cancer if you're a woman. But I digress. By the way, 
the last sentence in this particular explanation that I was reading from the consortium is saying that unless it's a special case, all emojis should be gender neutral by default. That's what they're saying, gender neutral by default. But in this particular case, they decided to make a, a man who's pregnant. But what led to the creation of this pregnant man emoji? I think that's where we need to go next. The emoji consortium equates this with the same thing as its roadmap for adding skin tones. So just like they added the various skin tones for the emojis, which I, I'm fine with, they decided they'd also go with the pregnant man. The reasoning for this is directly stated in their technical specifications, which I'm reading right now. Both gender neutral and mixed skin tones address gaps within the existing emoji set and such are considered a highly priority implementation for functionality. Again, we're sort of getting in the weeds with the rhetoric, but nonetheless, they're equating skin tones with pregnancy. Now that could be offensive <laughs> to many who are very proud of their skin tone. And I guess it's sort of like saying this. If a person is actually white by birth and they choose to embrace, well, let's just say the Latino culture and identify as Mexican, that's going to be okay? Question mark. Or likewise, if the Mexican or Latino or Hispanic person decides that they want to be African and embrace the African culture or become African-American, is that cool? Does that make any sense? No, it doesn't make any sense. But wait, there's even more to this. I'm reading from what this consortium is saying regarding, regarding the pregnant man emoji. Initially, they wanted to call it a person with a swollen belly. Now, generally, a person with a swollen belly is usually a man who's got a beer gut. But I guess in this world of inclusivity, people would say, wait a second, ladies can have beer guts too. Oh, please. Anyway, I'm going back to their rhetoric. They say being pregnant and having a swollen belly are not synonymous. Therefore, one cannot reasonably be used as a substitute for the other. So you see, finally, at some point, somebody got smart and said, wait a second, swollen belly, pregnancy, not really the same. We want to make sure everyone knows that this little male emoji is pregnant. What they're doing here is social engineering. The emoji is now called the pregnant man instead of a man with a bloated belly or swollen belly. This is social engineering. I heard one commentator yesterday on another podcast saying, can you just imagine little children coming to their parents saying, mommy, daddy, I didn't know that men could get pregnant. Can I tell you something? There's not even going to be that discussion. You're going to have a group of people being raised somehow believing that men can become pregnant naturally. Okay, okay. Again, it's the Brian Sussman Show, Faith, Family, Freedom. So let's get to the faith part of all this. Genesis 1. Genesis 1, the Bible, first book, 
describes the creation account of the all-knowing, all-powerful, sovereign God. It's God creating the universe and creating man and woman in his image. When God reaches his crowning creative act, the formation of human life, his wording changes from the impersonal, let there be, to the deliberate and to the intimate. For all the rest of creation up to that point, it had been let there be light, let there be, etc. Now he says, let us, let us make man in our image after our likeness. You see, God's plan for humans included giving them responsibilities on the earth. We read in Genesis 1.26, And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. You see, human beings, both man and woman, are made in the image of God. Genesis 1.27 Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. That's actually Genesis 1.26 in the New Living Translation. You see, we did not evolve from other forms of lower life. I know that there are many out there who would like to believe we did, but we didn't. We were created directly by God to represent him on the earth. That's right, represent him on the earth and have dominion over every other creation in his name. That's that's God's intent for us. Having God's image means we are fashioned to resemble and and represent him on the earth. Our likeness with God it's, it's not a physical resemblance. Instead, obviously, God's likeness denotes our capacity to rule over creation and to be in relationship with him and other humans and to exercise reason, which seems to be thrown out the door these days, and intelligence and speech and, and morality and creativity and rationality and choice and on and on and on and on. And God's desire to bless us and enjoy close fellowship with us is, is, is top of the heap. You know, you can read the book of Genesis, for example, and people say, well, I don't see anything here about the dinosaurs. I don't see anything about ice ages. I don't see anything. Friends, the book of Genesis isn't a book of geology. When he says he created the universe, I want to know about, about all the planets and all the stars. Well, I want to know that stuff too. I think it's fascinating. But the book of Genesis isn't a book about geology. It's not a book about astrophysics. It's it's not, it's a book about our relationship with him. The entire book, the entire Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, it's about relationship with God. And Jesus, the son of the son of God, is the preeminent and perfect image of God. I love this from the book of Hebrews. I absolutely, this is so powerful. Are you ready for this? Let me call up uh, Hebrews 1. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in his son, in his son, whom he appointed, listen to this, Jesus, 
is the heir of all things, it says, heir of all things, through whom he also made the world. So the Father used the Son to create the world. The Father has designated the Son, Jesus, as the heir of all things. Now, this is beautiful, verse 3. And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature. Jesus is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his nature. You know, I can look, all of us, we can look at the sun, but we can't see the sun. We can't see that burning disk. All we see is the light emanating from the sun. And we know it's there. And it's the same thing with Jesus. You know, we can't see the Father. We see the radiance of his glory, Jesus, and the exact representation of his nature. And and listen to this also in verse 3. And Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, upholds all things by the word of his power. I'm convinced that without the Son, without the Messiah, this entire world would spin out of control. It would have spun out of control a long time ago. But it's held together. He's upholding all things together until, until he comes back again. Oh, and that's going to be a beautiful thing. But let me go back to the emojis. (laughs) And let me go back to the Son of God. And then I'm going to talk about Mary in just a moment. You want to talk about women? Let's talk about Mary. And I also just want to mention this really quick. The original word for God in Genesis 1 is the plural, plural, masculine noun Elohim. Elohim. God, our creator, chose to introduce himself with a plural title. And that plural title is used, I'm reading here, 2,550 times in the Bible. The plural title. You know, the conviction, there are many explanations for for this plural title. And uh, my Jewish brethren who are non-Messianic seem to want to avoid this one. But the very, very early church was convicted, believed that Elohim and the statement, let us make man in our image, communicated a unified expression of what sometimes we refer to as the Trinity, the Trinity. The doctrine of the Trinity holds that God is one in three persons. He's the Father, He's the Son, and He is the Holy Spirit, Elohim. Us and our indicate God the Father speaking in the fullness of His divine creative power to the Son and the Holy Spirit. And He created human beings. Only humans, only us, only we are uniquely created in the image and likeness of God, thus distinguishing us from all other earthly beings, humans. We were made like him so we could be in relationship with him, the one and only triune God. Now, let's continue this discussion. What does the Bible say about transsexualism? 
I'm going to go to a great website. I love this website. I use it all the time, gotquestions.org. And I'll just skim through what they're saying in this particular piece about that topic. What does God say about transsexualism? First of all, the Bible nowhere explicitly mentions transsexualism or transgenderism or describes anyone as having transgender feelings. However, the Bible has plenty to say about human sexuality. It's all over the Bible. Most basic to our understanding of gender is that God created two and only two genders. That's what we see in the Bible, male and female. Male and female, he created them, it says in Genesis 1.27. And guess what? It works for medical science. Like I say, you go to that doctor's office. No, they want to know, are you male or female? We really want to know here. When, when you get the passport, I don't know what's going to happen in the United States. Are they going to have three or four genders? But when you go to other countries, they want to know, are you male or female? We really need to know this for security reasons. But the medical thing is the one that gets me. Uh, doctors need to know this because there are, there are little nuances in the male body and the female body that sometimes need to be known when treating an issue or when trying to find out what's wrong with that body. Now, to be sure, the Bible does mention homosexuality. It also mentions trans transvestitism. It also talks about effeminate men, but it does not directly mention transgenderism. What about the possibility that those suffering with transgenderism, and I believe they are suffering, have a brain that functions as one gender while the rest of their body is biologi biologically the other? Well, the Bible doesn't even hint of such a possibility. However, neither does the Bible mention hermaphroditism, hermaphrodite, hermaphrodite. That's a condition where a person has both male and female sexual organisms or sexual organs, which, by the way, undeniably occurs, although it's very, very rare. So that's hermaphroditism. It doesn't easily roll off the tongue. Further, people can be born with or develop all kinds of different brain defects or malfunctions. So again, how can it be said that it's impossible for a female brain to be in a male body or vice versa? If you use herm hermaphrodite, hermaphrodite, hermaphroditism as evidence, it cannot be said that if the Bible does not mention something, it does not occur. Again, just because the Bible doesn't mention something, doesn't mean it didn't occur. So it might be possible for a person to be born with the brain wired in such a way that it contributes to gender dysphoria. And perhaps some would say that's an explanation for some instances of homosexuality. However, however, a big however here, just because something might have a biological cause does not mean embracing the effects is the right thing to do. Some people are wired differently. I'm thinking of friends of mine who suffer from, uh, suffer from a, a number of brain malfunctions like bipolar. Sometimes you just don't know who you're getting. And sometimes there can be a lot of anger 
and negativity. Does that mean the person is to embrace the anger and negativity and just be a mean, angry, negative, obnoxious person? No, no, no. You can think of this a number of ways. If a person suffers from depression, does that mean we just accept them to be in a funk all the time? I don't think that person even wants to be in a funk all the time. So how do we, how do we deal with this properly? Some people are wired with sexually hyper, a uh, sexual hyperdrive. It's, it's absolutely possible. But does that mean it's right for them to engage in sexual immorality? What about the guy who's a womanizer? He's just got this incredible sex drive and he goes from one woman to another woman to another woman to, with no regard for the woman. He's just trying to fulfill his own need. That's not right. It's scientifically proven that some psychopaths and sociopaths have brains with severely weakened impulse control mechanisms. That doesn't make it right for them to engage in every deviant behavior that crosses their minds. Do you understand what I'm saying here? No matter if the gender distortion has a genetic, hormonal, physiological, psychological, or spiritual cause, it can be, it can be overcome and healed through faith in Jesus Christ and continued reliance on the Holy Spirit. Oh my gosh, in all my many years of following the Lord, I have seen time and time again a number of people with all sorts of issues come to him and they're, they're forgiven, they're cleansed, and they're restored and renewed. Healing can be received. Sin can be overcome. Lives can be changed through salvation that Jesus provides, even if there are biological or physiological factors. Go to the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 6, 11. The believers there are charged with such an example. Quote, and that is what some of you were, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. There, I want to conclude with this. And by the way, I thank the people that got questions for this wonderful uh, portion of the the podcast. There is hope for everyone. Everyone, transsexuals, transgenders, doesn't it doesn't it doesn't matter who you are, who's your mama, who's your daddy, who's your emoji. There is hope for you. I just want to close with one beautiful woman. Okay, this is this is the icon of pregnancy, Mary. Well, I guess you could say Eve. But I'm I'm launching a couple thousand years out 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 from Eve. Mary was the only. Think about this. Mary was the only human being to to be present when Jesus was born, and for his earthly death. She was at both places, isn't it? Of course, she was there when he was born. She was there when he died. Now the Bible says after her firstborn's birth, Jesus. She had four other sons and some daughters. I know that rubs some people the wrong way, but it's just hard to get around it. Mark 6, 3 is a perfect example. Uh, the book of James was written by Jesus' brother. Uh, these, these are important facts that we need to know before we put her on a pedestal that's too high. But at the cross, Jesus, Jesus' mother, Mary, 
and Jesus saw her there. She felt the pain of the sword that Simeon prophesied would pierce her soul. Just go to the book of Luke, chapter 2, verse 34 and 35. Simeon prophesied this would pierce her soul, but she was also comforted as Jesus asked John to care for her. It's a beautiful moment in the scripture. Again, Luke chapter um, 2, 34, 35 with the prophecy, and then John chapter 19, where she's comforted as John asks, as, as Jesus asked John to care for her. By the way, Mary is also mentioned the final time in the Bible as she prayed with the disciples and other female believers, for that matter, and with Jesus' brothers. That's in Acts chapter 1, verses 13 through 14. So that's Mary. That's the mother of Jesus, a woman of great faith and courage. I just want to stop and end this podcast. And we've gone a little longer than usual. We can learn from Mary's sense of wonder. We can learn from Mary as she obediently followed the plan of the Lord. And as that plan unfolded, what we read in Luke chapter 2, verse 19, that Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. I don't want to get focused on this stupid emoji. I want to get focused on the Lord God Almighty. No emoji, the Almighty. And I hope you will as well. He is our rock during these crazy, uncertain, unbelievable times in which we're living today where people are so quick to exchange the truth for a lie. We hang on to the truth. Amen. Thank you, my friends, for joining me. Brian Sussman Show, Faith, Family, Freedom. Please be my ambassadors on these programs. I've been, uh, I've been canceled or, or throttled back by so many platforms. It's just sometimes a little challenging to get the word out. But I don't worry. Instead, I have faith. Faith, not fear, in the new year. God bless you, my friends.